In a global industry where anything can happen, where mistakes cost much more than dollars, we bring you expertise from around the world to ensure that everyone goes home safe every day. The internationally acclaimed Oil & Gas HSE podcast starts now with your host, Russell Stewart. Hey everybody, thanks for listening to another episode of Oil & Gas HSE, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. And thanks to the show's sponsor today, Technape FMC. Technip FMC is a leading technology provider to the traditional and new energy industries, delivering fully integrated projects, products, and services with their proprietary technologies and comprehensive solutions. Technip FMC is helping their clients to support their energy transition ambitions by developing new energy resources and reducing carbon intensity. Tell them thank you for sponsoring the show by going to their website at technapefmc.com. Check out their iComplete system that optimizes fracking operations with 30% lower costs and also see how their trademarked emission can give operators and producers real-time monitoring and control to reduce flaring while increasing production. Technape FMC, the future of the energy industry. Today, my guest on the show is, is Robert Kester. I know for people who regularly listen to, to podcasts, and we have a lot of people who regularly listen to this one, and I really appreciate it, you can sometimes get a little bored and put off with all the obligatory introductory things where the podcast host says to the guest how thankful he is for them coming on, and then the guest comes back and says how thankful he is for you having me and you know, all that kumbaya stuff. But for those of you listening, if if you had any idea of the trials and travails and the time it has taken to get my guest on today, you'd really appreciate it when I say, Robert, thanks for coming on the show today. <laughs> yeah, no problems. <laughs> so, Robert, you first of all, you go by Robert, Bob, Bobby, what? You can call me Robbie. Robbie. Okay. All right, Robbie. Robbie, you're the president of Honeywell Rebellion. Is that, did I say that right? Is that the way to say it? Yep, yep, that's correct. Okay, Honeywell, uh, that's interesting. We're going to ask you about that here in just a minute. But so, Robbie, where am I talking to you from right now? Yeah, so I'm in Houston, Texas. Okay, all right. Well, then we're just almost a stone's throw from each other. So I'm in uh, April Sound on Lake Conroe. So okay, there you are, go. are you originally from Houston? No, but I I came here for grad school at Rice University and. and oh. That's what brought me out here. That's that's actually the story behind Honeywell Rebellion. I actually founded the company based off my my PhD work over at Rice and then started Rebellion Photonics. And then back in 2019, Honeywell acquired my business. So so now I'm big part part of Honeywell and in you know really focused on scaling this in oil and gas, really to, to help solve the, the problem of methane emissions at a a global scale, which is something I couldn't do back when it was a, a startup at Rice. Right. Okay. Well, let's get into that, except uh, for everybody listening, and we are hurting over 100 countries. Folks, anybody who goes to Rice University, I mean, they actually make bumper stickers that they put on cars that says, I go to Rice, I must be smart. <laughs> I mean, other than your, your other than your Harvard, your Ivy League schools, I mean, Rice is that's right up there with them. All right, so so you said rebellion. You added another name on the end of rebellion. Rebellion, what? Photonics. 
Photonics. Photonics. Okay. All right. So we're talking about even I didn't go to Rice, but even I'm smart enough to figure out photonics must have something to do with cameras or something. Is that right? That's right. Yes. I, I think we, we wised up when we first started the company, nobody could pronounce photonics. So we, uh, <laughs> we ended up dropping that later, but you, you are correct. Yeah. The, the okay, company so, we make, go ahead. So I'm not sure you did much, much better here, Robbie. I'm looking at something called C dash OGI cameras. Yeah. Yeah. So, that, so that's what is, correct. what is that? Yeah. So what in the oil and gas space right now for leak detection, a lot of uh, operators will use handheld cameras, infrared cameras that they call OGI or optical gas imaging cameras. Okay. So it's it's been a you know really a, a evolving technology since about you know 2000 2001 or so. And what we've developed is what we're calling a class of technology continuous OGI. So you get the the best ah. of the yep. Okay. All right. That, that makes sense. Okay. Now, now what we're, what you're specifically focused on, and you mentioned it a while ago, this is your, you're monitoring methane emissions. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Yep. And so let's talk about that. Your monitoring of these methane emissions uh, helps companies meet their scope one emissions goals. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, that's correct. So what, what we've done and, and really when we've taken a, a step back and look at the, the bigger issue of, of methane emissions in the industry, what we found is, is one of the, the bigger problems is catching leaks as soon as they occur. The industry has no problem with, with fixing them, but it's really, how do you identify these leaks quickly, especially the big ones, so you can send somebody out to fix it right away? And that's really what led to the development of, of our novel solution. We, we call the, the gas cloud imaging product, but it's really focused on continuous monitoring of oil and gas sites. The best analogy I use is it's similar to a ring camera you install on, on the, you know, the front of your house. So when somebody drops off a package, you get a, you know, a video alert on your phone saying, oh, great, someone UPS dropped it off. We do the same thing in oil and gas. We send out video alerts to operators, but instead of packages, we're telling them, hey, you have a methane leak or some other gas. We can actually do 50, 50 plus different gases. Well, I'm methane. glad you said that because that was, that was going to be my next question. Are, are we just methane or are there other, other things you detect? Yeah, so we, we do a lot of methane, but what we do all VOCs and, and we do a, a lot of toxics as well. So it's really a... Uh, you know, an overall gas monitoring solution. Okay. So now that's gas monitoring as opposed to, let's say, oil or produced water or something like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We're focused on the gases, the chemicals in the air right now. Okay. So what are scope one emissions goals? Yeah. So that the big, every company right now, I think, especially in the oil and gas space is realizing that you know, greenhouse gas emissions are, are an important part of their ESG strategy and that to be environmentally friendly, to, you know, really focus on, on best practices within the industry, they need to reduce their overall emissions. So scope one emissions are your, your direct emission sources. 
So things like like known sources, you know, vent vented emissions from your site, but then also fugitive emissions, which would be more like like leaks occurring in at flanges and valves and whatnot. And so those are your overall scope scope one emissions. And a lot of companies, especially in oil and gas, have made commitments to reach what they're calling net zero which doesn't mean no emissions, but it means whatever emissions you have, you offset them with, you know, things like carbon capture or whatnot, so that your overall net emission is zero. And so what we're focused on is actually reducing the amount that's emitted through really best practices of of continuous monitoring of methane emission. And I'm glad you said that because something that this show's all about and and something that uh, actually the entire OGGN network is all about. Uh, we are huge uh, defenders of the oil and gas industry and the industry attitude toward things like like this is is positive and people need to know that. We're not for dirty air, dirty water and and you know throwing grandma off the cliff or anything like we're often accused of, you know. In, in fact, as as we say on this show over and over again, when you're dealing with ESG or the environment and that sort of thing, the oil and gas industry is not the problem. It's going to actually be the solution. And people need to understand that. So your continuous monitoring, how's this technology work and, and what's different about it compared to other methane monitoring solutions? Yeah. So this technology, it's, it's actually the best way to think of it is it's a, a camera system that is designed to actually look for gas molecules. So it's it's similar to handheld, you know, IR cameras that walk around that you walk around looking for the leak. But the big difference here is the product itself is designed to only look for the the gas molecules. So what that means for the industry is you set this up and you know, we have a lot of operators that actually say, hey, it's like turning the lights on at these sites. Oh, my gosh, I can actually see what's what's happening at my site. I can, you know, maintain it better. I can make my company money because I'm catching leaks I didn't even know about. And so it's really it's like adding an, another you know parameter for monitoring that they never knew about. So a lot of these sites, especially remote sites in West Texas, you're running these things off of checklists or flashing red lights, you know, SCADA data, whatnot, but you don't really know what's happening until you can install a a camera system like what we have. And, And now you get full awareness. You can start correlating, you know, these lights going off, your SCADA alarms going off, and then you look at the screen and you can actually see emissions coming from the site. Now you know there's an, an issue going on where in the past, they've, you know, some of the guys will say, hey, you know, until I had your camera, I felt like I was chasing ghosts. And, and I thought that was that was kind of a, a funny statement to hear from them. Yeah, but actually, I like going back to your uh, your ring technology illustration, because that's something I can get my arms wrapped around. So you've got a lot of different, using that analogy, you've got a lot of different front doors. So how many cameras do you have to have on a, on a facility? Yeah, so a, a typical you know, upstream facility like a, a gathering station or, or 
your compressor facility, you, you really just need one. And what we recommend is putting these things on, you know, a communication tower, you know, about 30 foot tower in the middle of the site. And every camera comes with, with a motor on it. So it moves around looking at all the different pieces of equipment at your site. And we can monitor for, you know, an entire football field size pad with just a single unit. So it's actually a, a very cost-effective solution as well, which, you know, until recently with high oil prices, I mean, that that's always a, a concern in, in the industry is, you know, how do I balance the added cost of monitoring versus, you know, the, the financial return? And what we've actually been able to show is that it's kind of a win-win on both sides. Not only are you improving the environment, but all the leaks that we're catching early, that's product that you can be selling. And so exactly. We've actually, yeah, we've actually shown the industry that, hey, it's good business. You can make money by catching these these big leaks. And so that's always exciting when you can uh, show, show customers a, a nice ROI on their investment. And that is happening more and more in this, this entire area. So I'm fascinated. You said you started originally a rebellion photonics based upon your, your doctorate work at Rice. So you actually developed this, you've got patents on it or what? That's right. Yeah. This is, this is my baby. I, I always <laughs> tell people I've, I've been doing gas detection before it was cool. <laughs> I, don't it's, I don't know if it's ever cool, but it's getting a lot of uh, attention now. Okay. So how, that's interesting. How did you get into that? And how did you wind up at Rice writing this doctoral dissertation? Yeah, yeah. So actually, you know, what's interesting with this technology is it was initially developed for biomedical applications for oh wow early detection of cancer. A lot of the initial funding actually came through the NIH, National Institute of, of Health. But what we saw in, in being in the, you know, the, the Houston area is that, you know, at the end of the day, the technology was really designed for detection of, you know, chemical signatures. And it was also around the time of, of the Macondo incident in the Gulf of Mexico. And so we had oil and gas coming to us saying, hey, you know, there's got to be a better way for, for leak detection. And that's when we have this, this camera technology. And, and when you see this, this technology working, it just makes sense. And that's when we started getting a lot of traction from the chemical and oil and gas industry that, hey, we, we need better ways of, of monitoring the thousands of, or even sometimes hundreds of thousands of, of connection points. We need, you know, this camera technology. And so we initially started out actually for safety applications, improving the safety of sites. And, and as the technologies matured, we detect smaller and smaller gas emissions. It's really been adopted more recently, quite heavily in the, uh, environmental, you know, side of, of oil and gas companies where they're like, Hey, not only can y'all improve the safety of our site, but can you guys also monitor for these environmental leaks? And so that, that's been fun. That's perfect. So how many years ago was this originally? So in, in 2009, 2009 is when we first got started. So you say it was originally for the, for the medical industry, but you brought it to oil and gas. So was, was that your background? Yep. Okay. All right. And so 
2009, obviously, and you said it was originally designed really to, to, I guess, detect major leaks that were a factor where you could have a fire or an explosion or something like that, and then and then you got it down to to where you're at now. So I guess I guess you've honed it a little bit over the years, huh? Yeah, yeah, we've really focused on you know a, a couple of things: adding more capability, reducing the cost. You know, like any new technology initially introduced to the market, it can be you know expensive, but then over time through scale to you know hardening of the product, size reduction of the product. We've been able to to take this technology from really downstream big facilities all the way now towards you know smaller upstream sites, and so it's really you know when you think about gas monitoring and and where you know a lot of the the continuous monitoring is at, it's been mostly downstream, and now I'm excited that you know in the upstream space a lot of the gas monitoring was guys walking around with you know, bottles of soap, right? <laughs> Putting yeah, it on. Right, right, looking, exactly. Looking for bubbles. And now it's like, hey, y'all don't have to do that anymore. Let's let's get more efficient. Let's automate the oil field. Big, big drives towards digitization of the oil field. And so we're kind of leveraging that mega trend where, you know, as sites get connected with other types of sensors, it's super easy for operators to just throw up a camera and now they're saving money because they're not sending two guys in a pickup truck, you know, on a two hour drive to do an inspection. You're only sending people out to fix problems. Oh, that's <laughs> that that ought to be worth worth the price of, of admission right there. Yeah. That's quite a quite an impact from this technology. So you're now a part of, of Honeywell. Uh, I guess that that gives you exposure all around the world, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Honeywell is a fantastic brand and they, you know, Honeywell is a corporation. I mean, they've been doing gas monitoring for, you know, 50 plus years. Right. And so we, we fit in really nicely into their portfolio where, where now we can go to customers with this technology to, to see the leaks. And what we like to say is, you know, Honeywell knows how to feel the leaks, smell the leaks, you know, taste the leaks, hear the leaks. And now they can see it. So you really get all senses when it comes to building out your your gas monitoring solution for sites. So, so you mentioned like gathering units or things like that. Say you know in the in the bowels of West Texas, and for for those who've who've never been to West Texas, it's hard to describe the uh, barrenness and vastness of that country. So. If you're going to put one of these, if you're going to put your system in, you send a crew out there. How does that work? Yeah, yeah. So it's a pretty easy install. We we have you know crews, a, a couple of guys that you know go around, you know Delaware Basin, Midland Basin, you know Eagleford, whatnot, and they can get a camera up and going in you know about a day or so, and and it's you know you just just put it on one of the communication towers, set it up to scan. And then I'd say the part that takes the longest time is just tuning it in and baselining the, the entire facility. So we're really focused on, you know, catching anomalies at the site so that, you know, you can really run run things more efficiently. Well, and then, so 
that camera feed, it goes back to where? Yeah, so it it typically goes back to you know operations, but there's a lot of of different ways we can deploy this technology. It's it's really it's an, an edge monitoring device. All of the the data is you know within the company's environment, and so that can be you know at a centralized location. It can be within their own you know virtual environment. You know we kind of tailor it for the operator, and then the operators can then pull up the live screens from, I mean, even their cell phone oftentimes. So they could be in the field pulling up our display and looking at the videos while they're at the site fixing fixing an issue. And so that's really the power of the technology. Yeah, that that is really fascinating. A couple of more things, and I have this reputation of, asking questions that I don't know the answer to, which you're not supposed to do, you know, kind of, you know, podcast host should be like a lawyer. She should only ask questions. He already knows, you know, what the guest is, is going to say, but can, for those of us who don't have, you know, PhDs from rice, can you, and I, again, I go back to your ring door illustration because that I can, can, can grasp. And I understand how a camera sees a package. How does a camera see methane? Yeah, so the, the technology works in in the infrared. So, you know, it's a, a wavelength that we can't see with our eye, right? But what ends up happening is is in the this infrared space, the molecules themselves, the, the methane molecules, will actually absorb infrared light or heat that's coming from the site. And how it absorbs it is it's similar to a barcode. Right. So there's different wavelengths that it absorbs it. And then our cameras are essentially like a barcode reader. And so we're able to see these these invisible gas clouds. We're able to see the, their fingerprints. And then what we do is we will create a false color map on a screen. So we'll, we'll create we'll show you on a normal visible camera where that cloud is and it's all a false colored image in real time. So you can see the plume kind of moving across the site that normally for your eye would be completely invisible. And so it's really, really remarkable technology. The hyperspectral technology was, what what we did is took some of the technology that, you know, I think NASA has been using for determining how galaxies are made, you know, that they're chemical and we turn it into a, a real time, you know, video camera for the oil and gas space. I love it. That is absolutely great. One final thing, Robbie, and you mentioned that actually you kind of borrowed the technology from the medical industry. There's got to be a lot of opportunities for this particular solution outside of the energy industry, right? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, any any industry that deals with chemicals, which I mean, it's I almost can't think of one, right? <laughs> Going from semiconductors, you know, petrochemical, biomedical, you know, anything with with chemicals involved in it, that there is a need for gas monitoring, and that's that's really where these cameras are are uniquely situated. And by the way, for those who don't know, if it weren't for the petrochemical industry, you wouldn't have things like semiconductors, but that's fodder for another show. So. Yeah, yeah. 
Robbie, thank you again for joining me uh, and this worldwide audience. We'll include, I guess, your uh, LinkedIn contact information and website in the show notes so anyone listening can uh, contact you directly uh, for even more details. And as always, folks, you can find in the show notes my LinkedIn contact info where you can message me. Always interested in uh, hearing your comments about the show, uh, things you're enjoying, and maybe even suggestions about content you'd like to hear. You can also contact uh, me for information on our OGGN Speakers Bureau if you're looking for a speaker at your conference or meeting. Please tune in again next week for another episode of the OGGN HSE podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Please leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, or whatever podcast platform uh, you listen to. Post us and like us on LinkedIn and tell you all, all your friends about us, and we'll see you next week. Hey, thank you. Tune in next week for another engaging episode of the Oil & Gas HSE podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGGN.com.